Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to our Faith and Life Life Beat podcast. Our guest today is going to be Pastor Chris Brooks, and uh, this is Ken Stoltz, your host with Right to Life of Michigan. Pastor Chris is a pastor, uh, senior pastor at Woodside Bible Church, and he is actually the senior pastor of 15 different campuses. I don't know how that's even possible to do. In addition to that, he hosts a um, uh, radio show on Moody Bible, and he has six children, and um, I, I just, I'm guessing he just doesn't sleep. Uh, do you sleep at all, Pastor Chris? <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. That is, that is just amazing. Well, um, Pastor Chris uh, has uh, um, very graciously agreed to discuss with us something that is so critical, we think, in the state of Michigan and for Right to Life and for all pro-lifers is our Michigan March for Life that's coming up just around the corner, November 8th going to be in Lansing, Michigan. Um, the march uh, is going to start, we're going to have a pre-march uh, rally uh, at 10 o'clock with some great music. People will begin to gather on the Capitol lawn. Then at 11 o'clock, we're going to actually have the um, march rally itself. It's going to be fantastic, amazing guest speakers, amazing opportunities um, to uh, um, hear about what's happening in the pro-life movement. You can get all the details for that at rtl.org. That's right to life, rtl.org forward slash march. And you can get all the details about our speakers, how to sign up, um, how to find a bus. Uh, we have buses that are coming in from all over the state, and we have um, seats left on those buses, and you can um, find that information at that website as well. And you can join us in being a part of the first ever Michigan March for Life. Um, well, Pastor Chris, thank you so much for being here. And um, I just want to start with how did you uh, become convinced of the importance of being pro-life? Yeah, first off, King, you guys do such a phenomenal job, and it's really a joy to be with you. I am uh, so looking forward to our Michigan March for Life, to be able to join with others and to lift our voices to heaven on behalf of our state and on behalf of the uh, many, many children in our state and uh, those that are yet to come. Um, you know, I became pro-life actually – just as a um, reflection of my faith in in Jesus and my understanding of uh, where where life begins. If life begins at conception, uh, then all of us all of us have an obligation to be uh, pro life, and it it matters because the God that we serve is a God of life. Also, would just say even for those who would reject uh, our tenets of faith that if you are committed to human flourishing, you need to be pro-life because no country or nation can thrive that, uh, that kills its, its future citizens. Hmm. And so uh, because I want to see our state thrive, because I want to see our nation world thrive, um, I am committed and resolved. The other thing that, um, played a huge part in this is just having kids myself. When mm -hmm. your child is born, there's very few things that are more life-changing than holding a newborn child in your arms. 
But the question quickly came to my mind, was this child um, any less worthy of my love and my protection the day before they were born? Uh, were they any less worthy of my protection the month before they were born? You know, there was a time, Ken, where uh, what took place in the womb was a mystery because we didn't have the technology. that we have today. The life in the womb is no longer a mystery of us, to us. Not only can we, through um, uh, ultrasound, see uh, the baby in the womb, but I can't yes. even get a 3D image. We were able to get 3D images of our children before they were even born. And so beyond the shadow of a doubt, um, as a father, as a parent, um, I am convinced that my children were worth protecting, loving, providing for, caring for before they were born as uh, just as much as after they were born. Their location, their size doesn't change uh, how much I care for them and how uh, valuable they are. And so right. because the Bible informs me, that every human being has intrinsic value because natural law informs me of that and uh, human flourishing requires that. And because of the beauty of parenthood, I'm pro-life. Amen. Yeah, I, our governor right now is <clears throat> um, working to try to get 10 to 12,000 at least people more coming into our state every year because we're falling behind on our workforce and about 10,000 people are leaving. So she wants at least that many to come in, but we're killing about 30,000 a year in abortion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our solution is right there. It's just protecting the life that we've already given. Well, you know, uh, obviously public policy uh, can be uh, tested and proven just by looking at, places around the world. Uh, China, for many, many decades, has had restrictions on birth and forced and mandated abortion laws, which are absolutely inhumane, both yeah. to the, the parents, uh, in particular the mom, as well as to the, um, uh, the pre-born child. Mm -hmm. uh, but I will say this, we can now see China through a litany of new legislation lamenting the fact that they implemented that type of mandated birth control and the killing of aborted babies. Their workforce is depleted. Uh, the studies, sociological studies on companionship, love, and loneliness are absolutely devastating for that um, that country. Uh, and uh, the way that a generation has turned against its government as a result of brutal laws like that is just for us a, a, a precursor to these, uh, these policies and what will happen if we continue down this road. Exactly, exactly. Uh, those that won't learn from history, right, are doomed to repeat, to repeat it. it. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, uh, Pastor Brooks, I have to believe that 
balancing your schedule is um, just a work of art. Um, but I think about the pastors that will be listening to this recording that um, are on our podcast right now, and their schedules are full too. They're full with all sorts sure. of responsibilities. Um, there are competing cries for their attention and their time. Um, so maybe you can speak to them a little bit as, as you think about with all the demands on your schedule, how can you afford to invest time in pro-life causes? Yeah, I think the question should be asked in reverse. Uh, with all due respect, how can I uh, not afford to invest mm-hmm. in pro-life causes? If we are serious about any human right, it has to start with protecting the right to be human. If you can't protect the right to be born, then how can you protect the right to any other freedom? Um, I am whole life. I am passionate about protecting life of the pre-born, protecting the life of those who are special needs, protecting the life of the most vulnerable in our society, Mm. protecting the life of seniors, um, and those who are uh, sick, uh, we need to be passionate about protecting all of life. But how can we even talk about other stages of life if we can't, as a society, agree on the right to be born? And I will also say this, that every civilization will be judged by how it treated its most vulnerable citizens. Yes. So when it comes to our civilization, when history looks back, uh, we will have to give an account on how we treated the most vulnerable among us. And so we need to dispose of any straw man arguments that will prevent us from being bold and outspoken for the most vulnerable. Again, uh, my faith informs me that I'm supposed to cry aloud for the most vulnerable among us. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the people, the brave men and women who uh, have uh, gone before us, who were bold and brave enough to stand up and to risk social standing, some even risking uh, their jobs, their, uh, some even willing to go to jail for their convictions, all to protect my right to be born and my right to life. And so I want to do the same. And I believe that my children will one day ask the question, Dad, where were you when all of these things are being discussed and debated? And I want to be able to say to them that um, I was um, courageous enough to lift my voice with those who are on the right side of history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. hopefully other pastors will join me in this. We're, we're in a privileged position as clergy. We get the opportunity to serve many people and hopefully through our life and our example, influence those people towards uh, what is right, what is moral, what is good. And so I also hope to be able to lead by example, not just word, but deed. Come on. Yes. That's so good. Thank you for that. Um, So there are pastors that are listening to us right now or pastors that come to mind as I'm talking to you right now, who uh, says that the church is about preaching the gospel. We've got to get the good news of Jesus Christ out. We've got to get people saved and make disciples. That's what Jesus called us to do. He, he, in the great commission, he didn't say get involved in politics. And 
it seems that pro-life is just a political movement, political position. How would you answer that, Pastor? Yeah, I, well, certainly I would agree that Jesus calls us to proclaim the gospel. Amen. If, if we believe that, then John 10 and 10 tells us that while the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, that Jesus came to give us life mm-hmm. and that more abundantly. So I would say to that pastor, yes, let's proclaim that message. Let's boldly, unwavering with unwavering conviction, with courage and conviction, Let's proclaim that our God is a God of life and that our enemy comes to bring death. And where we see death prevailing, let's be bold enough to preach the gospel. Let's be courageous enough to stand for the gospel. And there is a reality that uh, one aspect of this plays itself out in legislation. But every law is a reflection of morality. Uh, a seatbelt law, uh, a law that determines uh, how I must treat my neighbor or my neighbor must treat me. All of that is a reflection of our vision of morality. And if Jesus gives us anything, he gives us a new vision of what is right and what is moral, what is true. I love what Dr. Martin Luther King said, Jr. said, that a law may not be able to make you love me, but it can definitely stop you from lynching me. And so I can't make through a law somebody love the uh, preborn, but I can certainly stop them from killing the preborn. And so I would say to that pastor, preach the gospel and stand for life because that's what Jesus did. So you're going to say that preaching the gospel is not just about saying repent of your sins, but it also involves protecting life. Well, I would say that the opposite of protecting life is a sin. So yes. if you if if you are faithful to the gospel, you're going to acknowledge that the spirit of death that is entered into the world is not from God. Mm-hmm. It is uh, it is from our enemy as a is part and parcel with Satan's ploy to devalue life, not just others' lives, but if we uh, follow this out to its logical conclusion. If the preborn's life is not worthy of our protection, then what life is? And if, uh, if, if life has no value, then why did Christ come to redeem? Uh, mm-hmm. The Bible gives us a totally different picture. So if we properly understand the gospel, then we must uh, speak boldly the message of Christ to repent. And that's what we need to call Um, this nation too. And that's what we need to call men and women to. Now, the wonderful thing about repentance, Ken, is that every single one of us are sinners. Every single one of us needs a savior. Every single one of us needs forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And so if we're going to preach the gospel, it will be with love. It will be with humility, but it will also be with the conviction of saying, don't continue down the path of death. So what I want to say to my pro-abortion neighbors is that uh, that that this uh, spirit of death is uh, is one that comes to destroy our our lives, our culture, uh, us uh, physically, and yes, even us spiritually. Yes. But that Christ has come to give us life, and that we can find forgiveness. 
if someone's had an abortion, I'm grateful to be able to say that uh, you can find forgiveness at the cross. There is no sin that's greater than what he did on Calvary. My concern is not with the pastor who says we should be preaching the gospel. My concern is that a pastor might say that and then fall short of preaching the gospel. If you're going to preach the gospel, you must preach, repent from death, and embrace life. In the book of Deuteronomy, Moses says to the people of Israel, I place before you today a mm-hmm. choice between life or death. Choose mm-hmm. life. Amen. Today we have to proclaim what Moses proclaimed, that there's a choice before us, death or life. And God tells us which to choose. And we must be his mouthpiece to yes. tell men and women to choose yes. life. Yes. Yeah. That passage in Deuteronomy thirty nineteen, you know, uh, I said before you, Blessing and cursing, life yes. and death, they're tied yes. together. Yeah, blessing that's and right. life, cursing yes. and death, choose yes. life. Yes. 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 Wow, that's so good, Pastor. Now, I would also say that that same pastor should join in with listening to high uh, women who are at high risk for abortion to find out the underlying causes and do everything in your community to address those underlying causes as well, because those causes are more more often than not fixable and we should take uh, serious. And so for 20 years, I pastored in the beautiful city of Detroit and we Uh focused in on everything from economics to education to employment. So this is not an either or proposition. And, uh, and not only do we need to be able to preach uh, life and, and, uh, condemn abortion but we need to also be pro-family pro-adoption i'm an adoptive dad opening our hearts and our homes so any straw man argument that all we care about is pre-born children is is um is a false proposition um those who i have found that are going to be joining us at the march are the most committed to opening up their hearts, their homes, to doing everything we can to bring about flourishing uh, for for those in the womb and beyond. Amen. Amen. That's oh, good. So I know that um, you are going to be a part uh, on the dais there at the March for Life um, in Lansing. Why do you think it should be important to me? Why should people listening prioritize the march on November 8th? Well, I think one very practical reason is because with uh, the overturning of Roe v. Wade on the federal level, this became a state-by-state battle. And unfortunately, we're in a state right now that is headed in the wrong direction Mm. as it pertains to uh, this issue. And so it's not something that we should be passive about. You know, there's um, there's certain decisions that I make that I may walk away and say it's not that consequential. What I ate for lunch today, what movie I decided to go see this weekend. Yeah. But there's other decisions that I make that have life or death consequences. We need to be here because on the other side of this are real children, real families, real lives. And um, 
I want to do everything that I can to uh, protect life. And I want to also encourage the many men and women who are working at pregnancy resource centers to let them know that we stand with them. I want to encourage those who are working in the right to life movement to let them know we are standing with them. I want to encourage other brothers and sisters to let them know that they're not alone. So that's why uh, on November 8th, I know where I'm going to be. And I would love to invite uh, other friends to come and join me. Amen. Amen. Um, I I think that's so good, pastor, that we're, we're not just about forcing people to give birth. But we're about helping you in the process, in every step of that process, every step after you give birth. We're, we want to be here for all of life and for all of your decisions. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, one of the proudest uh, initiatives that I've ever been a part of is at my previous church, we were able to work with CareNet Pregnancy Resource Center to open up mm-hmm. what was the only the second pregnancy resource center in the city of Detroit, and uh, yet there are many options for an abortion. Uh, there were only two uh, options for support if you want to keep that child, but what I was um, so blessed by is that our commitment to the moms and dads that came into our facility was not just uh, up through when the baby was born, uh, but for many of them, five years later, we were still supplying resources and food assistance and making sure that that child had car seats and diapers and wipes and bottles. And and so I've seen it. Uh, I've seen it firsthand that this isn't just about political rhetoric. This isn't just about partisan talk. Um, You know, every one of us has our own opinion about the politics of our day, but I would just pray wherever you feel on the political spectrum that what we would all agree on is that life is worth protecting, and we need to make sure that we're doing everything we can to protect it. Amen. Amen. So for some reason, we scheduled this for a Wednesday. (laughs) It doesn't seem like the best day of the week for us to have a rally. Um, so how does a busy pastor justify spending the better part of a day going into the Michigan March for Life, especially in the middle of the week? A Wednesday, there, it's one of the big days for the church. Well, you know, again, I think that if we see our faith as one that should be lived out and not just talked about, Wednesday becomes the perfect day. Um, you know, when I was... Uh, when I was in school, uh, often my science classes would come with both a lecture and a lab. Uh, the lecture was for me to kind of learn the principles of science, but the lab is where I put it into practice. Mm-hmm. For me, Wednesday, November 8th is a lab day. Uh, Sunday is great for the lecture. It's great to fill up your notebook full of notes, but sometimes you got to put it into action. you got to live it out. And so I don't want just a Sunday faith. I want a Monday through Friday faith, too. I mm-hmm. want a faith that is able to show up on a Wednesday and uh, say, this is what it looks like to my neighbors. And what I'm hoping for is that as my neighbors see me pulling out of my driveway on Wednesday morning, 
and they ask me, hey, where are you headed? And I'll be able to tell them I'm headed to go and stand up for your children, for mine, for the children of our state, nation, and world, and uh, I would love uh, for them to, to join me. Yes. Amen. Amen. And as I understand it, the reason we picked uh, Wednesday, November 8th, it's the first anniversary of the passing of Prop 3 that made abortion a constitutional right any time for any reason in those nine months. Um, And, you know, on a personal level, that day is also uh, my oldest daughter's birthday. Oh, um, stop. It's my birthday, too. (laughs) We're having a party that day. and, And we named our oldest daughter Zoe. Which, uh, yes. for those who know Greek, yep, uh, kind of a, a a nerdy thing that uh, maybe only pastors and <laughs> some would know. But in the Greek, the word Zoe means life. Exactly. And so, what what better way for me and uh, my wife to commemorate uh, the blessing of our daughter than to uh, go and stand for life? That is so cool. That is just so cool. Yes. And you're inviting just a few thousand of your very closest friends to celebrate your birthday. <laughs> that's right. You know? That is right. And we'll celebrate you too, kid. <laughs> oh, that's all right. That's all right. Oh, Pastor, is there anything else you'd like to share as we're thinking about um, inviting people last minute? Come on out, join us. Yeah, you know, I think about uh, how many times I've made that trek to Lansing. I'm a proud Michigan State Spartan. Don't hold that against me. Uh, but uh, even, how many times? Even this fall? <laughs> That's right. Oh, That's right. Sorry. I have Cheap not shot. changed my love for my <laughs> alma mater. But how many times have I made that trek to a football game or made that trek to the Breslin uh, so that I can enjoy a sporting event? This is far more consequential than the final four or the college football playoffs all of those things are here today going tomorrow but life is for eternity so i would just say whether you're a u of m fan an msu fan or um or or anyone else say we would see this as way more important than anything else that we have going on and just carve out a couple hours uh, be with us, have your heart encouraged, and uh, let's stand for life. Amen. Amen. Well, that, uh, that has been the uh, thoughts about the March for Life that we're going to be having on Wednesday, November 8th, Lansing, Michigan. Um, be sure to go to rtl.org forward slash march. Get the details on the march. Register for the march. If you need transportation, get signed up for a bus. The bus is coming in from all over the state for the march. Um, Let us know you're coming, and we're expecting to have thousands and thousands of people there who are going to be able to get encouraged from 10 to 11, and I'm sorry, from 11 to 12, and then at 12, we're marching to the Hall of Justice. And it is going to be a glorious time of peacefully marching and saying, we support life. 
So, Pastor Brooks, I, I thank you so much. I appreciate you carving some time you, out of your monkey schedule. You're a blessing to us at Right to Life, and we pray just as you've paused and refreshed us, that you yourself will be refreshed. Thanks, brother. Can't wait to see you on your birthday, November 8th. I'll see you there. I'll be the one with the coat on. (laughs) All right. And just let me say to everybody, uh, in case there's a question about weather, we're having the march. We're Michigan people. It might be snowing and blowing or freezing rain, but we're having the march. Join us. Have a great day, Pastor Brooks. Bye-bye. God bless.